Most of us today, Mother's Day, are either appreciating our mothers or being appreciated by our children. A lot of us are doing both. Today, as we celebrate the ones who give us our life, I'm also thinking of those who can't. Many have lost their mothers, as we all will when it's time, but others have had their mothers taken from them way too soon. Hi, true crime fans. You're tuning into Coffee, Murder, and Mystery, a true crime podcast where we discuss murder, mystery, and the supernatural. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Hi, true crime fans. I'm your host, Melissa Lancaster. And it was Saturday, May 9th, 2009, when the Burns children, or at least two of them, sat down for a movie night with some friends and a man named Jim Vidham that their mother, Stacy Burns, had started seeing after she divorced their father, Ed Burns. Little did they know that their brother, Michael, would wake up on Mother's Day morning to find his mother lying dead in her bed. Ed and Stacy had met each other at school more than 20 years prior. Stacy's brother Mike's first impression of Ed was that, and this is a quote, he was an interesting fellow, a little eccentric. When Stacy married Ed, a merchant marine, they started having children pretty quickly. Even though Ed would be out to sea for months at a time, the couple had five children before their 10th wedding anniversary. Ed and Stacy lived in a tight-knit community in Wolfsboro, New Hampshire. With a population of only 6,531, everyone knew everyone, and Stacy was no exception. She was popular in their community, a school nurse, and they had a large colonial home with an open-door policy for everyone. But it wasn't long before the pressures of having five children and a husband that was away for months at a time would get to both of them. The Burns live-in babysitter, Brittany, had noticed that life was becoming strained. She felt that Stacy's marriage was not ideal, and Ed, who felt that he was second in command in their home, always wanted to know where Stacy was. Brittany stated that when Stacy told Ed the truth about her whereabouts, he rarely believed her. It was enough to where Stacy eventually got a restraining order against Ed, stating that he was abusive and that he had told her death before divorce. But Stacy still filed for divorce, and it was final in 2008. And she started a friendship, maybe a little more than a friendship, with a man named Jim Vidham. Brittany says Stacy wasn't ready for a relationship, but Jim felt different. Jim, a logger and a divorced father of two, felt that they were in love. He wanted to move in with Stacy and live happily ever after with their family of nine. But Stacy was not ready, and Jim had a hard time accepting no as an answer. And even though the two had broke up weeks before, on May 10th, Mother's Day, when Stacy failed to show up at a lacrosse tournament with her daughter, Jim drove to her house to check on her, fearing that she had an accident or possibly committed suicide. 
Now, I don't know about you, but those aren't always my first thoughts when somebody doesn't show up to a sports event or something, even if it's something that they normally do, especially if it's Mother's Day. So I personally find this kind of suspicious. But Stacy's daughter broke the terrible news to Jim that Stacy was dead. Police believe an intruder came into the home through an unlocked door and murdered Stacy, stabbing her multiple times, while her two children and even some of their friends slept in their rooms, never hearing a thing. The New Hampshire community was stunned. How could this happen in such a small, safe community? And how could it happen to Stacy, a woman so loved that 700 people attended her funeral? And Stacy's son, Michael, poor Michael, will never be the same after walking into his mother's room that morning on Mother's Day to find her deceased in her bed. Jim Vidim is quoted as telling police that morning, you've definitely got to look at me. You've got to clear me because I'm going to be his reasonable doubt. Eddie killed her. And if you look at their relationship and you look at the restraining order, it does seem feasible. He does seem like he would be the number one suspect. But Stacy had recently gone to dinner with another local man. And even though Jim and Stacy had broke up weeks before, Jim was waiting at Stacy's home to confront the two. Jim stated he didn't feel Stacy should be dating anyone, and he was there that night to ask her what she was doing. It sounds to me like Ed was not the only controlling man in Stacy's life. I'm not sure how Jim thinks he has authority over Stacy to tell her who she can and cannot date when they've been broke up for weeks. And according to Stacy's friends, Stacy went to his house the next day to make it clear to Jim that they were done. But this was really proven to be false as Jim joined Stacy and two of her children and some of their friends for a movie night that night, the day before Mother's Day. Stacy's kids do confirm that Jim left at 11 p.m., but it was the next morning that Stacy was found stabbed to death in her bed. Both men have alibis for the night of the murder. Ed Burns was at a party in Boston, which is over a two-hour drive. His friend was able to provide video evidence showing that he was there. And Jim Vidham's ex-wife confirmed that he went to her house to chaperone teenagers having a sleepover. I'm personally left to wonder if Ed could have drove the two hours before or after the murder. If it was a party, would anybody notice him missing? You know, do they know exactly what time they got there or exactly what time they left? These are details I'm not really sure about. Also, in reference to Jim, he was watching teenagers have a sleepover. Where did these teenagers sleep? <laughs> he could have totally wandered out of the house. And you cannot tell me those kids would have noticed. My children would have never noticed if they were with their friends in their rooms hanging out in the middle of the night and I slipped away. Both these men seem to be ready with their alibis and both seem to have crappy motives. Stacy was scheduled to meet Ed for a child support hearing at court the next day. 
And Jim was clearly jealous over her starting to date somebody else. But Stacy's son, Michael, does not believe his father would have ever hurt his mother. But in 2018, Stacy's ex-husband, Ed, was accused of and is facing charges in the stabbing of a man during an argument. Ed stabbed the man in the back with a 10-inch long kitchen knife. Luckily, the victim survived. Ed claims he didn't stab him very deeply, that he just wanted the argument to stop. I personally feel that I would never stab anyone during an argument. And I think that if you have a predisposition to do that, that is a personality characteristic that doesn't just come and go unless you are clearly and 100% defending yourself. If you have the guts to stab someone, I think you might do it more than once in your life. That's my opinion. But police felt differently, and Ed Burns was given custody of his five children after Stacy's death. They remained in the family home for another year before moving because they were facing foreclosure. But in 2018, Stacy's family served Ed Burns with a restraining order preventing him from seeing his children. Stacy Burns was murdered in 2009, and this murder has yet to be solved. This twisted love triangle has been confusing to many people, probably including investigators. It seems that both men had the motive and the means, but no one knows who carried out this brutal, brutal murder, taking this mother of five away from her children, stealing her much too soon. If you're lucky enough to be able to celebrate your mother today, Mother's Day, remember not to take it for granted because so many people cannot. Stay safe and remember, evil people are everywhere. Happy Mother's Day. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Coffee, Murder, and Mystery. You can find us on the web at www.coffeemurderandmystery.com. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or contributions, you can email us at coffeemurdermystery at gmail.com. All references for today's podcast are available in our show notes. If you enjoyed our show, please consider giving us an Apple Podcast five-star rating, sharing our show with your friends, and leaving a review. This helps us by allowing more people to find our show. If you would like to support our show with a financial contribution, please consider joining our Patreon. Joining our Patreon at the $5 level will give you a bonus episode on the second week of the month, as well as a second bonus episode on the fourth week of the month. Or go to buymeacoffee.com for a one-time contribution. We appreciate all of our listeners. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. Thank you so much for listening. The information provided in this podcast is solely of our opinion and based upon research that we have conducted via the internet. If you feel that we have represented something inaccurately or unfairly, then you can go tell it to your diary. Or you can send us an email at coffeemurdermystery at gmail.com. Thanks for your support.